What's up? This is DJ Jack. Welcome to Anything Goes. I apologize for not getting to you guys last week. I was really busy with stuff, um, mainly my mom's retirement celebration and um, just work-related things. So here I am back again. I owe you guys another episode at one point. I don't know if it's going to be like a bonus weekend episode. We'll see. Um, we'll go from there. Um, but today, because I can't do it because the sky looks like it's about to open up, I wanted to talk to you about my favorite outdoor hobby, which is geocaching. Some people think it's a sport. Um, some people think it's a hobby. You know, just a lot of other, a lot of people have different opinions on it. Um, geocaching is a really great thing to do. It really helps you to explore new places. And really what it does, it's pretty much, so you're probably wondering, well, what is geocaching? I've heard about it briefly, but I don't really know what it is. I've heard the name, but I don't know what it is. So geocaching is pretty much in a real life scavenger hunt or a treasure hunt. And depending upon what type of cache that you're going after, you either learn something about a geological structure or you find a physical container. There are different types of geocaches. The type, the type that you learn about its structure or you learn about some history of a geological structure, that's what we call an earth cache. Um, the ones that the, I'm just gonna tell you the ones that I know for a fact that exist. There are also lab caches, caches that have been in um, a laboratory and I've said um, there are also um, multi-caches where you get one set of coordinates and you go to one stage and then you go to another stage you make it another set of coordinates and then you go to the final stage or however many steps there are a multi-cache can be in more than usually is more in more than one place um, that can either be really close to each other or just one place it really depends on the type of multi-cache that you're seeking um, there's also a mystery cache. I recently solved a mystery cache, but I couldn't find the actual container based on the coordinates. So that was not fun at all. Um, but mystery caches are typically types of puzzles that you solve. Um, there's something called a grid row box column. I have yet to solve one like that. Deals with PO boxes usually. Um, sometimes you can figure out movie titles based on coordinates. That was the most recent one that I did. Um, a lot of people are definitely clever with it. There's also what we call gadget caches where you have a literal contraption or a gadget and you have to work the gadget in order to get the cache. On Facebook, there's a page called Gadget Caches. I follow it for ideas to make some, um, but you know, I haven't really been able, haven't had really any time recently to make a gadget cache. So hopefully eventually I can. Um, another type of cache, the most common one that people typically find, the very first cache that people typically find is called a traditional cache. A traditional cache is just your basic cache that you find using a set of coordinates. And you're probably wondering, well, how do I use these coordinates? To find or to enter the coordinates, and you can enter them in using a hiking GPS or some GPS-enabled system, or you can also use your phone and you can download the geocaching app um, Cashly or GU or um, GCR. There are different types of geocaching apps out there that you can always use to further your love for the game. My personal go-to favorite because I have an Android phone is geocaching, the traditional geocaching app. It's probably one of the most used ones out there. Um, but I know that a lot of iOS users love to use Cashly. I like the interface of Cashly. I have an iPad. Um, I don't use it to go geocaching because I don't have um, network connectivity enabledness, but I do like to use, I like the interface for Cashly. My iOS on my iPad is about 
So it's a really cool interface, and I think it's one of the best apps for geocaching possible. Um, but those are just um, certain types of containers that you can find. Um, you can also find a virtual cache, which means that you take a picture of yourself. Maybe it's like you, like you physically, or like a thumb or a hand or whatever, at a certain location. I've done a couple of those; they're really cool. Um, and there's also something called a web, a cam cache or a webcam cache, where there's literally a spot where you look for a webcam. I found one recently at my alma mater. Um, and there was a webcam like way high up. You can't reach the webcam itself, but you take a picture with the webcam, you take a snapshot of yourself, and you post it to the log. Um, <coughs> sorry, I'm in the car. Um, most people, you know, they ask, well, what if it, what's the difficulty? You know, some people say D2 or D3. Some people say T1, T2, 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 T3, T4, T5. D stands for difficulty. Um, the highest difficulty that a cache can get is D5, and that's very hard to achieve. Um, and then T stands for terrain. How mountainous, how crazy, how treacherous, how insane is the hike or the walk or the climb, whatever you need to do, how crazy is it? Um, and T, terrain, stands for like, what kind of stuff are you gonna be encountering? as you try to find this geocache. The ones that I typically find are T1s, 1.5s, T2s, and I think I found one that was C2.5. I think I found one that was C2.5, but it really should have been a three because it was literally on an up climb, up, up, uphill, with a pile of rocks. Um, there are different types of cache containers. My personal favorite are ammo cans, just because there's so much room for everything. Um, some other things that I've seen on my geocaching adventures, I've had a little over um, 100 finds, almost at 200. My second favorite is a PVC pipe. Um, a lot of people use key, like lock key containers. You know, those little lock boxes where you put keys in that slide up and they're like magnetic. Some people use those. Um, some of the hardest ones, evil, they're called evil caches, are like these little plastic containers that are like pill size, that are almost like a triangle with a container with just the log inside. Those are literally the hardest ones to find, but I have found a good share of those. Um, some people use Rubbermaid containers in the woods or um, in guardrails. Um, and some people use little boxes, some people use water bottles that you can screw like a screw cap off. Really what you wanna think of when you're um, placing a geocache is, is it like watertight proof? Now, if it's not, then you need to make sure that your log is the brand Right and Rain. Right and Rain is the best type of paper that you can use when you make a geocache because the, the paper literally does not like deteriorate in the rain or water, mud, what have you. The log will always stay intact. I did attempt to sign one log that was very, very like awful and I couldn't sign it. So I let them know I found it. Sometimes that will happen. Um, so you really just have to make sure that you find, that you, like, if you hide a geocache, that you have some good type of right brain logs for the cache. I typically tend to carry a bag of those around just in case I see a geocache container running low on a log. I love to do cache maintenance for other people. It's like my small gift to the world and to the love of the sport. I have my own geocaching gear bag that I take with me on all of my adventures. Um, what do you typically see when you find a geocache? 
Sometimes you'll find trinkets. So those, those are like small little toys that you can like pick up and then put in another one and trade. The Really what you need to do is like, they should be called trade trinkets and not just trinkets. Um, trinkets are meant for trading. So please, 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 please do not try to find a geocache and not like do anything with it. Why is that guy, I, I'm sorry, I'm driving and this guy's like literally just looking at the road. Um, please don't just take a trinket out of a geocache and not trade it with another one. Um, that's not the best way to geocache. That's actually against the geocaching rules. Um, I am guilty of doing that a couple of times just because I had nothing that I really wanted to trade and I was kind of greedy. But if you think about it, geocaching, the game is pretty much all about sharing. So you have to really think about that going forward when you actually geocache because you want other people to find great stuff too. Um, you'll always find the log, like I said. Sometimes you'll find a writing utensil, whether it's a pen or a pencil inside of a cache. Sometimes I've been lucky enough to see like golf pencils or um, just like pens. Writing Rain is also a great brand of pen to put in a geocache because you never know what type of weather is going to come across a geocache. Um, something else that you may see if you get a certain type of geocache, which I did not mention before and I'm sorry, which is called a letterbox cache. Um, there are stamps inside of each of them and you can actually like have a journal just dedicated to letterbox stamps. Um, and some of them will have an ink pad in there with the stamp. Some will just have the stamp and you have to bring your own ink pad. Um, but you will sometimes find that, but you typically will only find that in a letterbox cache. I found a couple of those, they're really cool. Um, so those are just some cool ones to look out for. Finally, one of the most common things that you typically find in a geocache is a, something that we call a TB. It's my favorite thing to find, a trackable. Um, trackables are either things that stay in a geocache or you can remove them and collect them. You can usually, sometimes people will put FTF for the FTF people, which are people that are first to find. Um, they will typically put TBs in geocaches so that people can use them in other caches for themselves. Um, see, typically if it's not an unactivated trackable, then that is a trackable that needs to go to another cache or has a certain destination. And your object of that is to find a good suitable cache for its next location. I currently have two trackables in my possession that I need to move to another cache. One doesn't have a specific goal, it just says I want to get to as many caches as possible. And then another one says it's trying to go somewhere else that is like way far from me. So I'm trying to send it north because I live north, more north of where I was before. Um, sometimes you'll have trackable quote unquote motels where there's literally a geocache just dedicated to putting trackables in and then sending them to other places. Sometimes these motels will be right by hotels so that if you're traveling and you need to go and you're going somewhere else, but you want to grab a quick geocache, um, you can grab one. So I think that's really cool. Um, a couple of different terminologies that people typically use when they geocache, whether it's on their log or they talk about it, or, you know, if you meet up with people, um, the most common phrase or, um, acronym that I have seen to date is TFTC. I use it all the time when I geocache. TFTC stands for thanks for the cash. You're pretty much thanking the owner that they placed the cash there. You know, really self-explanatory. 
TB, again, that I stands for trackable. Um, CO, you may see some logs on geocaching.com that say, CO, please refer back to this log. CO stands for cash owner, whoever put the cash there first. It is the cash owner's responsibility to help maintain the cash. So I've considered hiding a cash near where I live, um, but I've decided not to hide one where I currently live because I'm in the process of moving. So when I get back to my where I'm moving to, I'm probably going to hide a bunch of caches down there. Um, but the CO, the cash owner, is responsible for the maintain and upkeep of the hide they have placed out in the world. So if you ever are interested in hiding a cache for other people to find, please know that you have to maintain the cache. So if you want to place it far away, by all means, have an excuse to go travel. But just know that anything can happen to the cache. It could go AWOL. It could be damaged, um, it could be smashed to pieces, you know, a muggle, which is just a commoner who does not geocache, could take it. Be prepared for any type of thing. Um, so if you're interested in geocaching, just know that if you're interested in hiding a geocache, please make sure that you maintain that cache. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to say. Oh, so if you're like, I want to make a geocache, but I'm not really sure, like, how to make one. There's actually a, sub, a monthly subscription box that I subscribe to that will help you with that problem. Let's say you want to hide a bunch of geocaches, but you don't have the materials to make your own hide. While it's recommended that you make your own hide, there is something from Cash Advance, which is a geocaching company, and it's called Cash Crate Monthly. Every month, you get geocaching goodies delivered to your door. I have it delivered to my door every single month, um, and every single month I get the trackable add-on which is another feature you can get a ma I think you can get a magazine you can get a swag pack and you can get like different trackables so I'm guaranteed at least two trackables every single month through my subscription I paid seven extra dollars for it um, and some of those trackables I've sent out and most of them I've kept um, another great geocaching resource is geocaching.com subscribe to their newsletter download the app um, really get in touch with all the things that are going on. There are always great events that are happening if you look at the geocaching app. Um, and another great thing about the geocaching.com app is that it will tell you when a new um, when a new competition is coming up, so you can earn virtual souvenirs. So souvenirs. Um, when I first started geocaching, which was about three years ago, I um, thought souvenirs were like you would actually get something in the mail. No, when you geocache, you get virtual souvenirs. So a lot of people, that may deter people, but I like getting virtual souvenirs because I love looking at my account page and seeing all the different things that I've accomplished. I have some from, I have one from International Geocaching Day in 2016. I have one from my home state. I have one for Alaska. And I have a bunch from the recent um, game that we did called Planetary Pursuit. I got a bunch of planets from there. Um, another great resource that you can get that's also a paid subscription is FTF Monthly, and that's just a, a magazine that you you can get every single month that will tell you different geocaching stories based on what you signed up for. Um, I really love FTF Monthly. I look forward to getting that magazine and reading it. It's something I enjoy all the time. Um, there are a lot of great geocaching resources out there if you just research the topic. Um, what to take when you go geocaching? 
I take a couple of basics with me all the time. I usually take a bottle of water or some type of liquid that I can drink so I don't get dehydrated. Um, I always try to bring a hat with me. I bring a first aid kit. It's like a clip-on first aid kit. I always bring um, another, like a tick remover, just in case, you know, when you're never going to need it. Um, I bring a pen with me so I can sign my logs. I also usually bring a geocaching journal with me. And I keep this just so I can know, like I, I can keep a track record of the different types of caches that I have found. Um, and I really enjoy those a lot. I love like looking for different cache types and then taking a picture of them and logging them in my journal. And I love looking back at them and just kind of seeing, you know, the different types of things that I've found. Um, and then to add the pictures into my journal, I also have a small little in, in, Instax, I think that's what it's called. I don't know. It's a Fujifilm Instax little Polaroid camera. So it produces little Polaroid pictures. So I take a picture of each cache that I come across and then I stick it in my journal. Um, sometimes I'll take a magnetic, I'll take a grabber with me if there's a cache that's really high up. Sometimes I'll take a magnetic tool that picks up magnetic things so if there's like any potential geocaching like something like a guardrail um then i will get it from there but those are just some tips on geocaching terminology what to expect how do you do it um if you have any more questions about geocaching please feel free to drop any comments under this episode or you know hit, hit up my page Ask me some questions, comment, whatever you need to do. If you're interested in any of the paid subscriptions to geocaching.com, FTF Monthly, or Cash Crate, Cash Advance, go to cashadvance.com, geocaching.com, or Google search FTF Monthly to find other resources for geocaching. As always, you can always look up Google and search geocaching, and a bunch of things will pop up. Those are just some of my favorite things to use when I go geocaching. I really hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is very special to me. Not saying the other ones aren't, but this is an episode that I'm very passionate about. So I really hope you enjoy this episode today. Again, if you have any questions, feel, please feel free to get in touch with me about this sport. All right, guys. Until next time. Bye-bye. Have a great day.